And as we're pulling up to the gates there at Churchill Downs, she takes the bag, stuffs it back in her dress, shakes everything around, and goes, I'm all set. (laughs) And everyone's like, yeah. Welcome everyone to episode 109 of The Mashup, the best bourbon conversation you're going to hear all week long. We're your host, Anthony and Steven. Hello, fella. Oh my God. Hello, man. How are you? Are you relieved you don't have to do that hello? <laughs> yeah, you know I am. <laughs> That's actually the biggest relief, I think, in the history of a relief of the podcast. It's like as soon as that came out of your mouth, I was like, perfect. There you I go. Like, Felt at ease all of a sudden. I'm like, I just go back to my talking and my, you know, I don't have to worry about that intro. The jibber jabber. Yeah, the jibber jabber. Man, it's great to have you back. It's great to be back. It's great to taste some bourbon again. Oh, I know. I was going to say, you're on, you've been on hiatus. What have you been drinking? Uh, drinking highballs and high noons? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, obviously, I have not been around. Yes. And uh, so I have uh, a fun little interesting story from my travels out west. We, I can't wait to hear it because that's the other thing that I just want to put out there right now. People don't know, but we saw each other since you've been back, what, a whole sum total of two times. Once was to change your car battery. <laughs> yes. And the other so was. That's why I land <laughs> yeah. after being gone, and I have this elaborate plan of surprising my kids uh, at the baseball game. Yeah. <laughs> I land at the airport after being gone for four and a half weeks. Oh, God. And I walk out to my car, and it does not start. Dead as a doornail. Dead as a doornail. So well, I had an Uber wait, back home. But wait, what kind of battery do you have again? really hard <laughs> so i had an uber home yeah so i could take my luggage home then oh. walk to the ball field oh which is like a mile God. away not that far but what well, were your kids still surprised yeah they were all surprised, yeah though. yeah so we saw each other then and then i can't remember if there was one other time where we peeked in there popped in on you like i can't remember no it hasn't been much. the only time yeah. yeah i don't think i've seen michael's in the back there you go so so i've just so, been getting back to it i mean i've only been home for now for what two weeks now yeah i think so it seems busy. It seems though I was like, damn, I gotta talk to Steven. I'm like, where's he at? <laughs> I know. But um so now that you're back, we wanna know what happened out west. All right. Okay. So I basically worked six days a week when I was out there. Yeah. But on our time off, we would go explore um, you know, the the mountain areas. Okay. So one of our excursions, we decided to go to Rocky Mountain National Park. Oh. And it was iffy that day because it was like the weather can change there very quickly because you're literally at the foot of, of the Rockies. Right? And see, this is not, I don't know anything about it, but I believe you're yes, right there. Absolutely. I mean, okay. it, yeah. the skyline is just breathtaking. Okay. The mountains are just there. All right. You know which way is west. Yeah. <laughs> you're a sea. <laughs> you go, right. <laughs> so, so we decided to, it's about an hour drive up there, but the weather that day, like I said, it was like, it was going to rain. We didn't know. We'll give it a shot. So we drove like the hour up there. And, um, oh, and I'd shout out, why is that? Because <laughs> the buddy, I, the guy I was working with, you know, that's the shift we were on. So we yeah. would always see each other. And, uh, and I was driving all the time. Okay. And so I would just make him connect his phone to the car because he, he, he was younger. So I was yeah. like, he would play his music. Ah, uh, I got so you. I, I enjoyed that. Yeah, you're- but then he was like, you know, how to use Apple Maps. Oh, no. Which the only thing that's good is it tells you traffic cameras. <laughs> oh, okay. That's about the only thing you Is that a big thing out there? Like you can We get hit like, him a couple okay, times. Okay, I got you. So we try to go to Rocky Mountain National Park. It's raining off and on the whole way up there. We're like, well, what else are we going to do? So we keep going. And before you know it, uh, we were with cars and then we're not with cars. There <laughs> is a Dateline NBC. Yeah. <laughs> all, all you could see were ranches. Oh, man. And mountains. 
it's like, mm, I think we're not at Rocky Mountain National yeah. Park. I bet you if you'd have stopped at one of those ranches, they probably would have fired a pistol. No, no doubt. You. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> so it eventually just started pouring. Okay. So we decided to, you know, cancel that part of our trip. I got gotcha. you. But on the way up there, uh-huh. we had to go through um, a town called Estes Park. Okay. And lo and behold, we turn a corner and there is a very famous white hotel right there. Okay. The hotel is called the Stanley. All right. And that's where Stephen King stayed and got the idea for The Shining. Oh, my God. Did that would have turned the hell around and got out of there right away. You were, we were both like like geeking out as soon as we saw it. We're like, what? What is this? Because we were not expecting it. We didn't yeah. know it was there. And all of a sudden we turn and we're like, holy oh, crap. Man. So There's the you, hotel. Did so, you explore there? Or oh, well, I mean, it's raining. God. It's raining yeah. in the mountains. What yeah. else are you going to do? Yeah. So we went there. We took the tour. Uh-huh. We paid for the tour, which is pretty cool. Kind of gave you the history of the hotel and, and like how the movie was. And and then eventually it got to Stephen King and he got there at the, um, kind of like, like the movie. Okay. But he, but he actually was looking for a room and it was the end of the season. And they're like, we can't have you, you know, we're closing up, everyone's leaving. And he was arguing with them forever. <laughs> oh. And eventually a snowstorm came. And so we had, they had to put him up. So oh. they put him up in room 217. Okay. Which is now the Stephen King suite, and you, really, you and can, it cost. Oh, I bet you. It cost an arm and leg, and I think, I think I'm not kidding. I think they said the wait list is like seven years. Oh, I believe it. Yeah, he's got some fanatic fans. Yeah, so just like the movie, his wife, you know, went. I think, I think, she, I don't know if she was pregnant at the time or she went to sleep. So what else is he going to do? He goes down to the bar. Nice. Well, they had closed their books for the season, oh. so their, his money was no good there. So the bartender actually took out a private bottle. Oh, and that's what they drank on. Here is your absence. Uh, yeah, yeah. So he ended up being downstairs, and you know, got. I think he was drinking for like five hours. I said, "Oh man!" And so he went up back into the room and like got freaked out by like a fire hydrant like in the hotel, and that was his, that was part of his memory of this. And then he ended up passing out in bed, and somehow in the morning he ended up writing it all down. Wow! And that's basically how the movie, the the, the book, got written. So this was actually the place where The Shining was no. filmed, or it's the inspiration. The inspiration. Okay. I think the hotel for that is in Oregon. Okay, I wondered. Yeah. Okay, that's still pretty freaking awesome. But while we were there, and I was like, "Oh, let's go look at the gift shop," and I go down this like stone hallway because it's in the basement, and I turn, and there's blood everywhere. No, there's <laughs> twins. There's twins with knives. Are you serious? No. <laughs> you got me. You got me. You. you so I can't I, call you any choice words. So, so I'll just go. <laughs> I walk into a thing called the vault. Okay. It was a bourbon room. <gasps> no way. Like they had a dozen of their own picks. Oh, can you buy them too? Yes, but I had no way in hell getting them home. <laughs> yeah. But they had their own private tasting room. Oh, with man. like, their, they had some high level stuff in there. So I think the way they do their picks out there is. I think the distilleries send like 10 samples okay. and then they must pick out, you know, what they want. Oh, nice. But they had, they had a, um, a beautiful Woodford pick with a metal embossed label of the, of the Stanley on it. Really? I really wanted to buy it. But I bought this Glencairn when I was there. Oh, sweet. Yeah. It, there it is. It says the vault at the Stanley. Yeah. That's a pretty nice logo. Yeah. But that blew my mind. I was not expecting them to have their own bourbon. So if you're there, I... I I signed the guest book. Okay. The mashup. Oh, nice. You did. And, and I did. <laughs> We're the, famous. And I did the date. But then I went back to it 
two times to try to take a picture of it and I was going to post it. Yeah. I could not find it. Are you serious? <laughs> so that many people go in and out is what you're saying? No, no. I just, I think it was full and okay. I, just, I opened up a random page and like signed it. Oh, but then, like, I went back literally like, a couple minutes later, but I guess someone had to start going through it and flipping pages, and I couldn't find it again. Well, well that's an awesome story. <laughs> it's it's much better than what was uh, – well, I shouldn't say it's much better than what was going on here. That's much better than what was going on here, um, and I shouldn't say it like that because it was really an awesome opportunity. So the whole time that we lived in Kentucky – um, and coinciding with when you were gone, and this is what bummed me out, we were all supposed to go to Thurby, which I is know. Thursday at the Derby. That was, I was sad I couldn't go to that. Exactly. And so instead, we still maintained and went with um, my wife and, and I went, and then Michael and his wife, and your wife was there with her friend. Mm-hmm. And so we had this nice little kind of outdoor like box area. You know how boxes at the racetrack. It's just like the the metal fencing. But... That was an awesome time. Thank you again, Michael. You did a great job and uh, your wife in securing those tickets. So my wife and I are really appreciative of that. But on the way there, man, so we've never been to any Churchill Downs, never any That would have been stuff. my first time, too. That would your first time. But I didn't get to go. <laughs> Bro, well, here's what you missed, okay? You missed probably the most exciting thing that I've come across in a long time. Um, and I'm saying that with a bit of sarcasm here. <laughs> so... We got on, when you get to Churchill Downs, you park at the convention center and then you get bussed over to the racetrack. Okay. So everybody, I just didn't expect this because it was Thursday at the Derby and it's in the morning. People are like plastered. They're in line drinking fireball shots. <laughs> like, oh, so it's like a UK football yeah, game. <laughs> yeah, there you go. They like, smell like alcohol and everything else. And so my wife and I, we weren't pre-gaming or doing anything like that. We were just hoping to have a good time. We got there, which we did. So on the bus ride over there, we pack in there, and there's this one group of people that's super rowdy. Like, they're just going at it, hardcore. Shots, everything else. And so I'm glancing over at people making eye contact, laughing when I see them drinking and stuff like that. They got IV bags filled with alcohol, like strapped to themselves oh, yeah. and stuff like that, all that deal. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, this girl that's a couple seats in front of us pulls a bag of fruit from inside of her dress, like, okay, like right next to her, to her breast, if you will. Okay. Right. So I'm like, what on earth am I looking at? She opens a bag of fruit and starts handing fruit to people and going, I soaked it since last night. And I'm so, like, oh my God. So she took out her melons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She took out her melons. So I'm over here and I tell my wife, I'm like, look at this. Meanwhile, this girl makes eye contact okay. with me and goes, as she's hey. taking it out. She goes, yeah. She goes, you want some of this fruit? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, uh, no. And she's like, come on, you're having some of the fruit. I'm like, uh, no, I'm not. So I'm like, look at my wife. I'm like, I'm not going to eat boob fruit. <laughs> this is essentially like boob fruit, you know? So anyway, I've I successfully avoided the boob fruit. And as we're pulling up to the gates there at Churchill Downs, she takes the bag, stuffs it back in her dress, shakes everything around, and goes, I'm all set. <laughs> and everyone's like, yeah. She'd get off the bus. They all had IV bags strapped to their legs, yeah. everything else. And I was like, oh, my God, what am I entering here? Like, am I entering, like, the crazy, the craziest party time of the year? So you did miss out a little bit. Um, we did have a good time over there. We certainly missed you, but... It was fun to have that experience, and I'm glad that that uh, is a funny story. Yeah, Michael could could provide it, so Michael knows full well about boob fruit, and I was hoping I could we would all be able to record together to talk about that. But uh, you know, it's all good. So 
trying to catch up with things. I think we're. Ca- I think you caught up with all the shout outs while I was gone. Yeah, we we did catch up on all the shout outs, and we appreciate that feedback. And even though we don't have a formal review to talk about tonight, I do want to give a shout out to a guy that we both know, Mr. Perry Ritter. He's the main guy over at This Is My Bourbon Podcast. He has a semi-weekly show that focuses on bourbon and food. Been doing it for years. Yeah, been doing it for a long time. And um, that's why I said he's the main guy. And then um, he has a co-host, Eric. You guys might know him as the Whiskey Mutant on Instagram. He does all kind of weird stuff and pairing alcohol and fruit and stuff like that. These are just two really fun guys, and we've known them for quite a while. I know you and Michael ran into Perry at uh, at Railbird last year, right? Uh, It was actually... um the first real bird, I think. The first real bird. Yeah. Okay. We sat and talked to him with a while. Yeah. And I think I ran from last year. The, the other one too. Chatted with him. Yeah. And that's yeah. the thing I was going to say. And I've uh, I've known him from way back when we used to wait in liquor barn lines for lotteries and things like that. And I've always listened to and supported his podcast. So if you guys haven't ever listened to him, you should definitely give him a listen. His format's a little bit different than ours. They're a little bit longer format. Mm-hmm. Really entertaining, nonetheless. And I try to join his. Uh, he does a lot of lives on YouTube and stuff, and I like to join those and interact with his community. So. Definitely a big shout out to him. And uh, yeah, and if you would like a shout out, just leave us a review on Apple Podcast and we'll give you a shout out next time we record. So, Anthony, for this week, we have a familiar bottle, but it's new to us. Absolutely. Yes. So, for this week, we have a bottle of Blanton's, but this one is the black label from Japan. So, we got the Blanton's Takara Black Bourbon. Um, that's what it's passionately referred to as Takara Black. It's distilled by Buffalo Trace. Um, even though it says the Blanton Distilling Company, the bottle date is 2022. The ABV is 40%. The proof is 80. This is non-age dated, but most well-known whiskey enthusiasts and bloggers say that it's approximately eight years old. This is Buffalo Trace Mash Bill number two. You've gotten used to us saying that. Rumored to be the high rye mash bill or up to 15% rye. I think the MSRP, if you could get this at a retail price, is somewhere around $60 think between 50 and 60 dollars is the u.s conversion but it is an export it's only available overseas and if you want to get it here domestically it typically costs you around 200 dollars from either your enthusiast sites or other places on the internet does that include shipping um probably not Um, i would proceed with caution too when i say other places on the internet there's a lot of places that like to advertise these types of uh, export bourbon, especially Blanton's that you might buy from that you never get a bottle from. So yeah, sure. <laughs> just be careful. Point. Be careful. Well, it's a Blanton's bottle. That's right. As we've said for all the reviews of Blanton's done, but this one's in a black label that's very sharp. I don't know what it is. It's, we checked on it. It's the same font as the OG, Yeah. but it just looks completely different for some reason, being in the black. And the neck tag has some Japanese lettering. And yeah. on the back label, it's all in Japanese. Well, I was sick of not knowing what that lettering meant on the neck tag. And so someone said that the lettering directly underneath Blanton's single barrel bourbon is actually just whiskey. That's all. That's what it says? It's whiskey. Oh, yeah, that's, 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 that's what, fine. Again, I'm going with uh, source internet folks that say that that's, never wrong. that's fun. They yeah. can't be wrong. <laughs> no. I mean, and, if, and you know the rule is if you heard it on the mashup, it's got to be true. That's right? true. Yeah, so that's all good. But I think you're right. The reason why we both were wondering about the fun is because I think it's the white lettering against this black label that really pops. Yeah, it looks very sharp. Yeah. And it's the same horse as the other Blantons. Um, they all have their letters. So this is an 80 proof, which is down from the normal the normal Blantons. Yeah, and the other thing is, is as regular domestic U.S. Blantons has gone to this sort of printed label now, 
Did you notice that? If you get a newer bottle. I, have, I don't have a newer bottle. If you get a newer bottle of Blanton's, the label is no longer handwritten, which really kind of ticks me off. But this is a 2022 export, and the label is still handwritten. So if you're overseas, they still give you the special treatment of knowing that it's hand, <laughs> hand labeled um, in a nice gold pen. It looks like they did that with. You might be asking how I got this bottle. I am wondering about that because we've talked in previous episodes about how these things need to be boated by well-known boating men across the sea to get back here. So I think it was this past Christmas. We had like a little little neighbor, little street Christmas party at our house. Okay. Like we always do. And we had a new neighbor on the street. And so he got invited. He knew I liked bourbon. Okay. So he came over with this bottle. See, that's... That's did you know instantly you're like, damn, we got a good neighbor here. Yeah, like damn. I was yeah. like, that's quite a that's quite a, like a little thing to bring over for the party, right? Yeah, like, hey, uh, I know you can't get this in the United States. I'm trying to flex or anything, yeah, no but uh, here you go. <laughs> so like the whole night, you know, I like I think I had one sip of it. I didn't, I was being respectful, like, thank you for bringing it over here. Yeah. You know, yeah. I I have a sip, but you know, take you can take it, obviously. <laughs> so he's like leaving. I'm like, dude, your your bottle. He's like, No, no, I, I brought it for the gift for you. I'm like, Wow. <laughs> Oh, that's quite a gift for so a Christmas party. This is the leftover gift that some people would probably kill to have. It's about a half a bottle. And it's about half a bottle. That's yeah. a really nice. Uh, that's a really nice gesture. Yeah. So I'm hoping you're still friends with your neighbor. Uh, we are. Okay, that's great. Well, kudos to him. He knows how to party and no doesn't to bring over. Right? <laughs> so you mentioned it earlier, but here we are again with another bottle of Blanton's. Um, I think you'd have to go back to episode 88 if I'm correct to know when we tried the green label Blanton's, which was another 80 proof version. You remember that? From Japan. Um, That was actually, I think, I since have read up about that. It's the Euro. Yeah, the red one is the other one from Japan. Yeah, the red one's the other Japanese one. And so it's the same proof as the one we're tasting tonight. So I think it'll be kind of nice to recall. I don't think either of us thought that one was amazing, but I'm wondering this one's aged a little bit longer. So I'm thinking that maybe it might have a little bit more character to it. On this podcast, Stephen. Yeah, that was that was an 80 proof, and it was a six to eight year. Okay, so. six to eight year was a rumor on that one. This one's rumored to be eight or older. So Correct. you never know what, what they're doing over there. But I was going to say, why why is it that we still haven't tasted and reviewed a regular bottle of Blanton's on the podcast? <laughs> what are we oh, waiting for? Uh, to try the red. it'll be really bad if we get to like a french edition or a polish edition one of those really extra special ones before we get a chance to to get to the actual like like 2 30 well we're finally to the the (laughs) plans that would be that would be be okay with that if we got if we had to do all that i know i was gonna say i think that uh we would totally be the ones that would do that but you know i do a lot of reading and I've noticed that a lot of people who are into whiskey and have review websites, podcasts, and what have you do tend to eventually get around to doing almost like the full vertical of Blanton's. So right. maybe we'll just eventually get there. Yeah. So that would be good. As you know, Blanton's is still incredibly difficult to get here that's domestically. Why, that's why I don't have a bottle. I know, right? It's um, ridiculous. I It's a true story. So I won't use any names here, but a pretty good buddy of mine, needed a bottle of Blanton's because he was going on vacation. This was very recently Mm -hmm. and I didn't have one. And so I had to go to a friend and buy one at an inflated price because that's kind of what you have to do nowadays. And I asked the other guy I was hooking up beforehand. I said, 
is it okay? And he said, well, it's not okay, <laughs> but, but he said, I just really need the bottle because I'm expected to bring it. And it's for, I think, a family member or friend or something. And so that's how Blanton's is still being, uh, you know, at least here in Kentucky, it's still a very tough get. And I'm thinking now because we see a lot of export Blanton's ending up back in domestic mm-hmm. places and being stockpiled. And so it makes me almost feel like Blanton's must be easier to get overseas than it is here. That's why we can't find it here. I know, they're exactly. Just like shipping it elsewhere. Buffalo Trace, like saying they're going to have stocks of Blanton now? They are, they are, and they do They yeah. do release a distillery. And I guess that it's gotten to the point where most everybody who's there doesn't get shut out. That's good. If they're not there in two hours. Yeah. But um, it's really amazing because, you know, they limit how many you can buy per quarter. Th- yeah, three months, yeah. I think it is. I think you're limited to two. Is that right? Something like that? Oh, it's not one? And maybe one. I don't know if it's... Or maybe it's one of each product. Okay. I think it's one of each product every three months. And they still get those massive lines there, man. Like, Blanton's is really... That's why you can never knock on it, because it's an entry bourbon. It's something that a lot of seasoned people like to drink. I met a gentleman originally from Frankfurt, and Blanton's reminds me of home. So he has an affinity for it. I mean, it's yeah. a damn bottle. There you go. <laughs> that bottle is... It's, I mean, it's quintessential. Unchanged, and it's been like that for years. Yeah. Well, should we go for our first nose? Sounds great. Like a honey. Then my second is butterscotch. (laughs) (laughs) You get a little butterscotch? Yeah, I think a very faint butterscotch. I'm getting a little bit of that, uh, I guess I would call it pretty characteristic of mash bill number two. It's like a little bit of, a little bit of like leather and a little bit of um, earthiness. Yeah. Um, Are you getting a cherry? about cherry yeah a little bit of cherry as well i really think like from straight from the barrel to gold and the green i think we've we've had a lot of similar nosing of this it's all pretty familiar to me that that earthiness is actually like a nice well-aged oak that's coming off and then there's actually um it's like a beautiful char note yeah it's like a char and I don't really want to say if there's tobacco, it's not like heavy tobacco. It's almost like a licorice. It's like a cross between a licorice and a tobacco somewhere in there that I'm that I'm nosing. If you're getting tobacco, is it a wet leaf or a dry leaf? I would have to say wet. I because think, I'm, I'm yes. thinking, yeah, I was yes. going to say, you going with that? Yeah. Black licorice. Hey, you devil. <laughs> I'm getting kicked out. <laughs> I'm getting booted from the table. <laughs> but when you have certain black licorice, right, there's certain ones very dense and it's tougher, then there's softer black licorice and almost when you touch it, it's like kind of moist before you eat it. You're just disgusted over here and that's kind of what it kind of... It's kind of like the uh, the melon fruit? <laughs> the boob. <laughs> the boob fruit. Oh my God. I'm never going to escape that one. We could, <laughs> we could talk about that for 10 episodes. But I'll take your word on the black licorice. Okay. All right. I think it's there very faintly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So actually, I have some really fun news to report. You guys might remember way back at the beginning when we started this podcast, I referenced a person called Baby Bourbon. I can't call him Baby Bourbon anymore. It's my cousin Joe who lives in Ohio. Ohio. Yeah. So he texted me recently. He's a a regular listener of the show, so we appreciate that, Joe. He entered the OHLQ lottery. So as you know, Ohio is a state-controlled state. So when they get certain allocated product, they always do lotteries and there's state lotteries where you have to enter and then you have to go pick up the bottle if you win from your local shop, wherever that local place is. It's like a hub where they send everything. 
So the most recent one, OHLQ, had, I think, Blanton's Gold and maybe Straight from the Barrel. Those are nice. So those are the domestic releases, not the ones. And those are pretty limited. You don't see those much anywhere. You don't. And so I get a text message from my cousin the other day, and he said, I want a bottle of Blanton's Gold. And I was like, hooray, man. I was like, that's a really good score. And so I think the next message was something like, if you had it, would you drink it or would you keep it? I said, I'm pretty sure we reviewed gold. Michael got a bottle and we reviewed it the one time. And I said, we all liked it. I remember all of us liking it and saying that I think we would all buy it, especially if we could get it at a reasonable price. And so he's going to be paying retail for it. Oh, wow. So Was it 150 I think it was even cheaper than that. I think it may be like low 100 okay like around maybe 100 bucks i nice. think so he's a i don't get jealous very much of bourbon stuff anymore because i've kind of cooled off a little bit i, I think what you're going to say is you get jealous of people when they get to buy it at retail <laughs> well <laughs> it doesn't matter I, what it is just in general I mean, it might be it that might be it but i was just uh i was happy for him and um we were messaging back and forth but i'm like man you know you got a family member who gets lucky in the lottery and you know speaking of lotteries did you see that uh, my favorite store, Total Wine, is having a summer lottery? Actually, I have not. I need to go through my emails. Okay. Well, get to your email. I think you have until Father's Day maybe okay. to sign up, or maybe you don't, and we'll just get to your email and find out that you missed out. <laughs> but I am actually still so holding a grudge that I won't even enter a Total Wine lottery, but the thing that I found funny about their selection is they had bottles in there that released like three plus years oh, ago. Dusties. <laughs> they got the total line dusties are like just go in their warehouse and look at the releases they haven't put on the shelf in five years. And so yeah, I think the one that was really shocking was Russell's two thousand three. Because I think Russell's two thousand three came out at least three or four years ago. Yeah. And yet somehow that's in the summer lottery. It's like, yeah, so should we go for first taste? Let's do it. Before I talk about anything I taste the sip itself is pleasant, but there's not a lot to it. And no. when I say not a lot to it, I mean... It's almost watery? Yeah. It just it tastes a little bit watered down. It's muted, but... It's warm. It's warm. It's a warm drink. Mm-hmm. But like you said, it's it tastes watered down, yeah. very light. Mm-hmm. That honey is the one thing that's coming over. I'm tasting a little bit of that honey. You really got you really to work on your tasting here. To be able to pull the notes out of this because they're very muted. Yeah, it's almost like it's almost like the Clive Maids of of sips right here. <laughs> I was I was sipping when you said that. <laughs> now I'm tasting it. No, I'm just kidding. There's not much there. Not a whole lot. I'm tasting I mean, like you're just it's there. How about yeah. that? It's there. It's like vanilla honey. You do get a little bit of the oak back. I mean, you got to stretch to get those. Yeah. In, in and again, I'm. There's multiple tastes. I am tasting a little bit of the licorice coming over, but I don't think it's licorice anymore. I think it's just a faint vanilla. Here's where I'm at right now. This is something that you could easily crush, but yeah. But if you're looking for complexity, no. I'm just not not getting it right now. Um, looking, again, I know we don't do this all the time, looking at legs, the legs are almost like little stringy drop droppy legs. Does that make sense? They like, look like teardrops and mm-hmm. they're falling off the glass really quickly. Just not a very oily, viscous mouthfeel. Right. Yeah. It makes me wonder a little bit, like, what what's going on? Why? What's what's the point of 80-proof, 8-year-old, nice, muted? I mean, this would be great if it was like a 100-proof. 
Eight, eight which years is what we liked, yeah. which was the gold. Mm-hmm. I don't know if gold is eight years, but we really liked yeah. that. I remember really liking that. Well, from that exciting review of the taste we had there, let's <laughs> so, go ahead right into past dry by on this bad boy. Are you sure you want to go that quickly? Let's just finish it off. <laughs> okay. So, Anthony, would you pass, try, or buy on the Blanton's Black Label bourbon? I've been waiting like two months for you to ask me that. <laughs> it's very direct. So I've kind of fallen into the category of where I was at with the green label. If this was widely available and it cost less than the regular Blanton. So what's regular Blanton's up to? About 65 to nah, 70 I bucks. So. I think it's in that range. So if I had a direct line to Japan and I was paying 50 to $60 for this, I'd probably buy it. Right, because it'd be a good conversation piece. It'd be something that you could give a person who's not really into complex complexity and and maybe not even into the burn of bourbon a little bit, and they might like it. But I think if I'm going to go seek out an export version of Blanton's, this is probably not going to be it for me. And so I actually, sadly, think that I'm falling the wayside of the green where I'm going to be a pass, but. If a friend walked over on Christmas <laughs> and, had a bottle. and had a bottle of it, I'm definitely trying it. Yeah. <laughs> you make a good point. Like, I don't know what I would pay for this at a restaurant. I'm sure it'd be way overpriced. Oh, I'm sure. And I don't think it's worth probably the money okay. at a restaurant. It's pretty blase poor Yeah, compared to the other Blanton's offerings. Agreed. Um, is it better than the green at the same proof? You know, I think it might be. I think it is too. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know if I'm excited enough to even, I think I would, it's between a pass and a try. Hey, I respect that. I yeah. think that that's a, and I, I, here's the thing. I don't want to discourage anybody who might have a lifelong dream of collecting all the Blantons. That's and a different story. Them, yeah. You know, but if I'm going to pay $200 for this bottle and expect amazing things, it's not there. Yeah. So, absolutely not. I guess with that, I'm going to have to pass on it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, strong pass. Yeah. That's two, the green and the black we passed on. So we're talking about all the hype that Blanton's has <laughs> and how it might be still at the pinnacle of its hype, yet we're still I, I, I think sold. it's this proof point. We just don't like this 80 proof This eighty proof point. Yeah. I'm trying to think now, what do I like at 80 proof? Do you like things at 80 proof? I don't know. I'm sure I, we'll find something. I mean, I don't like any of the Basil Hayden. They're all 80 proof. You don't like any of those? No. Yeah. So maybe it's just that we're looking for a full-flavored 80. That should be a new quest we go on, looking for a full-flavored. The, f- the fullest-flavored 80-proofer we can find. Yeah, exactly. Hey, hey, audience, hey, listeners, send us <laughs> send us messages of what you think the most full-flavored 80-proof no is, and then we might try that on another I episode think we should, of, yeah. of it. And maybe we'll fare better than this. And with that, thanks for listening to this week's edition. Please like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Mashup KY. Also, let us know your thoughts as well in the comment section. Until next time, keep it neat.